On this week's episode of Living Free with RP, we've got Ashley Simcock. Much like myself, he too has a podcast about RP called The Game Changing Podcast. But now it's going to be rebranded, and it's going to be called The Guide to RP. So please be on the lookout for that. And enjoy this week's episode with Ashley Simcock's Journey. Well, first of all, thank you for taking the time out to be on my podcast. Hello, Mike. Yeah. Um, really great to be on your podcast. So tell us, uh, you know, introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, tell me uh, a little bit about your family and, and stuff like that. You know, so, yeah, um, my name's Ashley. I'm from Manchester in England. I'm 37 years of age. Well, I'm from Manchester, but I'm actually, I'm in Barcelona at the moment. So, we've been in lockdown, it's uh, the 4th of May, the 4th here with you. And yeah, I've been here for for almost two months. Oh, okay. In Spain. So... And uh, when did you get diagnosed? I got diagnosed when I was 19. Oh, okay. How did you react to that diagnosis? So, the, my journey is, it's um, there's a lot of family history with my condition. Mm-hmm. So, my dad's got it. My auntie's got it, and my uncle's got it, and my, my grandma had it. So it's gone from grandma to dad to me. And I sort of like grew up with my dad because my dad has got, well, he's been fully blind for most of his life. So... I sort of um, got used to um, him having not much sight. So I think it cushioned the blow a little bit when I got diagnosed at 19. But, you know, I realised that my dad's got it, so and he's, he's doing great. And just because I've got it, it doesn't mean anything bad's going to happen. Kind of like same with Yeah. I think the it helps having The thing with me people. was that um, I, um, yeah, I found it on the off chance that I had RP. 
because when I was growing up, I stopped. I went to the hospital till I was like three or four. Um, this is like in the mid to late eighties, but I stopped going to to get tested. And I never really, I can't remember going for an eye test for like until I was 19. And I just decided for whatever reason to, I think the company I was working for gave me a free eye test, gave me a chance to have a free eye test. So I thought, oh, okay, I'll go for any free eye test. I didn't, when I was growing up, I just thought I was clumsy. You know, I thought it was just normal. I thought, you know, everyone's eyesight was like this. And I was just a clumsy kid and just banging into things. And it, 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 everyone, no one else could see you very well in the dark. And, yeah, that's how I sort of grew up. I, it, I didn't sort of really have the intuition to realize, actually, I might have what my dad's got. Because it wasn't really explained to me mm-hmm. by my dad about the condition. All I knew was when I was growing up as a kid in school, that my dad was blind and that was it. I didn't really, but when when we're children, we don't really think like that. We're not really clever enough to think like that. We're very much guided by our parents and our teachers. So yeah, my mum and dad didn't actually sit me down. So yeah, I found on the off chance that so I went to the eye for an eye test at 19. And then luckily the optician saw something wasn't right. So she sent me to the doctors. And then the doctor sent me to he, he saw something wasn't right. So I then went to a specialist. So then I was diagnosed with RP. But speaking to a lot of people, um, because I know a lot of people have got RP, the the they go through many many doctors to actually find out they've been diagnosed. They've got retinitis pigmentosa, so I guess I was lucky. I think um, for those of us who have family members that also have it, I think it kind of softens that blow when you get diagnosed. So we're kind of lucky in a way because we've always had people that we can look at and say, oh, you know, they had it, so... And uh, they're okay, and so we don't we don't kind of like go through the same emotions almost as somebody who is you know just the only person who has it. Yeah, and it helps when you're like walking around, and you sort of because I I was guiding my dad to things. For like when I was growing up until he was 19. So it sort of helped me because I went through, well, I was used to help my dad, I, I could sort of help myself. I knew I, I adapted quickly. Oh, yeah. But definitely. it doesn't mean to say that I wasn't in denial and, yeah, pretending I wasn't blind. I definitely went through that. Did you go through, through that, Mike, when you were diagnosed of like, Thinking, I'm not really blind. It's, it's not yeah. happening to me. Uh, 
don't know if it was denial. It was the same kind of feeling you had where, I mean, my mom was, you know, dealing with it and she was awesome. And so I kind of was like, all right, I'm good. And, and I knew it was a slow progression. So at least my form anyway. So I just did what my mom told me and just lived every day like it was my last and, you know, continued on as normal. And uh, because I felt like I was still normal, just minus the fact that I really couldn't uh, participate in like nighttime activities and certain things like that because you know i obviously had run into something or whatever so but um other than that i mean yeah i try to even up until you know i got on disability i really just i considered myself like everybody else you know i you know i would you know i have i have a visual impairment yes but it was something that really i didn't really need to disclose to a lot of people i mean most people knew but um close to me but i was able to essentially you know blend in and i drove and i did all that stuff and i made it as far as i wanted to in terms of driving and and now i'm still continuing even though i'm you know now i'm more disabled um i, w- I would say i still continue doing the same thing i always would do hmm. the funny story of the driving is that i was actually taking driving lessons I got diagnosed and I think I was maybe three or four lessons in and yeah, the, the driving instructor sort of noticed I was banging into a few curbs and he, he had to take the steering wheel a couple of times hmm. and it was around the same time as I had the diagnosed and as soon as I got diagnosed, I immediately stopped taking driving lessons and removed the idea that I could drive, um, you know, ever again. Well, I see, like, um, so yours seems to have more of a, you notice more daytime issues pretty quickly. When I was diagnosed, well, yeah, mine's daytime peripheral Central vision is okay, mm-hmm. and nighttime it's it's not so good. And but I went, I've only started recently using a K. So in terms of acceptance, I've only sort of started to accept in the last few years that actually, yeah, I should use a cane. Oh yeah, because we look kind of uh, we look disoriented without it, and people think we're drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've listened to a, a couple of your podcasts, and it makes me laugh when you start talking about the um, when you're drunk, because I can hear, hear to that, and I've got many stories of even when I was diagnosed, I was I was still in denial and still going to pubs without the cane or taking any adaptions with me. And, you know, I wasn't really comfortable asking people to take, ask, take me to the toilet. And, yeah, many stories of trying to struggle way to the toilet on my own and banging into people and people pushing me over thinking I'm drunk and being, like, thrown out of clubs and bars because they think I'm drunk. And so yeah, that was a phase of, in my twenties that I went through. 
Um, it's only recently, last few years, I've started to like when I go on, when I go to the toilet, just ask someone straight away, and so I'll take off a mask, and and I stopped drinking as well. Because wait, so you stopped drinking because of that, or I stopped drinking as because I just want to feel fully in control, fully responsible because of all the bad stuff that, that's happened when I've been drunk. Ah, okay. Being pushed around and yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want that again. And yeah, I always use cane and I found that when I use cane, everyone's sort of cool. Everyone's really helpful and they move out your way. You understand? Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, if I was if I was gonna go back to my former self, I would have said to myself, Ashley, use your cane. It's fine. <laughs> no one's gonna hurt you. So how do you feel about your vision now? Currently? So thirty seven now. And yeah, fully in acceptance. And yeah, in terms of vision, I, I think I believe it's so slow. It's so degenerating so slowly with me. I, I can't really tell. Can't really tell. It's it doesn't feel any worse than it was maybe five years ago. And I just take advantage of my this blessing I've got. That I've got this condition and I can actually raise awareness about condition and inspire other people who have a condition that it's actually okay. It's actually a gift and you can actually turn it into a positive. It doesn't have to be a negative. Exactly. Because... For example, you can skip cues. <laughs> you can like get like benefits of government you can get support uh, you can get like free tickets for helpers to come and see shows with you and sporting events and go to the theater so I, i've let go of all the shame of actually having a condition and just accept it being grateful of everything that comes with the condition oh yeah totally Rather being sad about it. I don't want people to feel bad for me. Sorry? I don't want people to feel, like, sorry for me. No. Like, yeah, that's one thing I I get triggered by is when I'm walking along and someone thinks I'm struggling and they come up to you and sort of grab hold of your arm oh. and try try to guide you. Are they that, that triggers me a little bit. Oh yeah, are they warn you about something that's coming up? Yeah, they're, they're concerned. Yeah. So. And I know they're doing this because they care. So I'm learning to sort of stay calm and just sort of calmly say, please, please don't touch my arm. Let me grab your let me grab your arm. Right, right. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't like being pulled you around. Say... I don't like being pulled around. No, it feels like I'm like an invalid sort of when when that someone tries to grab me and yeah, boy, yeah. I mean, uh... Feel like I feel like I'm a toy or a you dog. Know? You're like a you're a pet. A dog. <laughs> And yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, come with me. Come. I'm like, no, no, no. I, 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 let me just, yeah, let me grab onto you, and you, you know, go ahead. But I guess it's because they're they're concerned. I know about. Yeah, but there are but they're there are better ways to do it, though. Yeah. My mom. It's their way of passing there. So yeah, I try and when someone does that, I try and explain calmly, like the the way we like, the way visually impaired people like mostly like to. Take your arm instead of taking you taking them taking your arm. Yeah, there's ways to make it look more natural, so that you're not some guy being dragged around, you know, the restaurant or wherever you are. Hmm. That's so what my mom would always have to work with my uh, with my stepfather on that all a lot, where you know, to make it look like you know they're you know a couple walking in, not you know he's not dragging her around or. Or anything like that, so he he knows how to do it properly, and you know, and she's and she's happy about that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you explain to your family and friends how you like to be helped? Oh, I mean, like my wife. Well, I mean, like I said my my wife has done that before to me, dragged me, and sometimes or done things like or try to pull me out of the way of something. Like, and I'm like, I, I just yeah, like I said, I don't like that. I don't want you know, like there's a better way to do this. Like, I don't like being pulled around. Uh, yeah. I'm not a kid, you know? Hmm. So yes, yeah, so you still get that. Or, you know, I have friends that, you know, they'll forget that I'm even behind them. I'll stop because I'll lose where they are. If we walk into a bar or something and because I'm so good at, I'm good at kind of faking it, if you will, that I'm a sighted person. So I've done it hmm. for so long and been so good at it that, my friends sometimes forget that I'm the visually impaired guy. So I have to have moments where I'm like, hey guys, hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes forget I'm visually impaired. <laughs> you have you have those good, 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 good things. Yeah, I have times where I forget and Yeah, um, when it's when I was a bit younger I was like thinking of doing things. In my life, and I thought actually, but but maybe do something different because I'm visually impaired. Mm. I think it's a cool well, thing about RP. Going back to your, sorry, Mike. I said that's what the cool thing about RP is that it shifts every day, so you never know what kind of vision you're going to wake up to. So you might have a really nice, you might have a day where it's like I feel great. I don't even feel like I'm visually impaired. And then you have other days where you're walking into everything because something else shifted. So now you're, yeah, it's a little more difficult. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's a change from day to day. No, no. I have days. So I, um, I, I know most people have to have the art. We call I call it the RP RP days. There's days where it's extremely worse for me, but then there's days where, like you said, I don't, I forget. You know, you don't even realize, you don't even realize you're, you know, visually impaired. The challenging, challenging thing for me about RP is the the unfamiliar going to unfamiliar environments. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where we're truly blind. 
I, I can, for example, when something's about to change, when your variant's about to change, it takes me a day or two to actually settle in. But after that, I'm fine. But for example, when I go to a hotel or like in a hostel when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. I get through that, uh, that awkward phase of a few hours of being familiar with the, but then it's fine because it's like, oh, when I go into a hostel, I'm like, oh, where will the oven be? And will someone be able to show me? And where will the kitchen things be? Will they, will they judge me because I'm visually impaired? Mm-hmm. And all this, all this sort of questions you ask yourself, but then you, you get there and everyone's great. And Oh yeah, that's the, that's the biggest fear when we go into different situations where we have to kind of explain what our condition is and then we have to be like hey can you show me where everything is like once we know you know once you know a layout of everything like you're good you know what I mean? yeah and i went through a phase in my 20s where i was uncomfortable i didn't feel as comfortable telling people about it mm-hmm. i thought oh do i really have to tell you and i'd <laughs> hide it i'd hide it even from when i was in my 20s i didn't tell me like empl- employees, like at the interview, or I'd, I'd sort of wait one or two weeks, and then I'd sort of maybe pull them to one side and said, "Oh, just so you know, I've got this condition." Hmm. Um, and it's oh, because yeah, it's a we can we can get away with that. Cause it's a hidden disability, but now I've learned. Not to do that, and I'm very open with everyone. Well, it's good in interviews. I, I tell them straight away. So, um, what are some things that you like like to do? What are your like? What are your hobbies? So, I like running. I know you like running as well, Mike. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I've always I've always enjoyed running, but recently I've done more of it. Um, in January this year, I did my first marathon. Ah, nice job. Which has been on my box uh, sort of things to, one of the things to do before I die, run a marathon. So I take that box in January this year. Nice. Um, I play, I play, actually play visually impaired tennis. <laughs> How's that work? So, yeah, I, I, I've actually got one of my balls here. I can shake it. It's played with, can you hear that, Mike? Yep. So that's the ball. So it's like a bit, about double the size of a normal tennis ball. Is it still yellow? It's, it's yellow. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's got these... I like that. Things inside of it. All right. Um, it can follow with your, your ears. Yes, yeah. And it's softer. Um, so I found out about this sport, let's say, just over a year ago, year 18 months ago, started playing. Um, and, yeah, we have different categories of different, for different classifications. So I'm known as a B2, which is like mid-range. Okay. Um, and yeah, B1 are completely blind. 
you have B three, B four, and B five who are just, oh, okay. just losing it, lost a little bit of sight. Gotcha. And the difficult classifications have different rules. So, for example, the B two classification can have two bounces before. Oh, before it hit. Okay, okay. Or is it three bounces? No, it's three bounces. Sorry. I see. You get three. Get three bounces. BTs are on three bounces, and B three ha- only have two bounces. Oh, nice. Um, and yeah, it's played on slightly smaller court. Okay. Than the normal tennis court. And the B one players who can't see anything wear masks so no one can cheat, and that's yeah. played like a really small court. Oh wow. And that's quite amazing to watch. I want and to do that with soccer. I like uh, I soccer. Like, yeah, I, like, I I want to start. Um, I wanted to start a um, yeah, like a visually impaired like soccer league or something like that because they have the same kind of idea. You know, br- like a bright yellow, get like a bright yellow soccer ball, but they fill it with a it's like bells inside it. Right. So you can hear it. So that'd be cool. I would totally like to do that. You have. Do you have any teams there? Visually impaired teams in US? I've had some. Uh, I mean, there's an. Uh, I'm part of a place called the Gaylord Sports Association, and they have one of the um one place I've been to. They have a group that they do like different, you know, things like hockey and uh, basketball and things like that. And I did talk to uh, the guy over there about my interest in. I'd like to do something, you know, like that. And uh, he was—he thought it was cool. So I just—it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, how many people can we get that want to do that, you know, and organize it and stuff. That's—that's that's the challenge. Yeah, and I don't know if you think the same. I, I didn't sort of know about these like visually impaired sports when I got diagnosed. Oh, no yeah. one told me about it. I just did my own thing in the gym and did my running, arm running. Oh yeah, no, same here. I didn't, know, I didn't, I didn't know any of it until I ran uh, my first marathon. I didn't know that Achilles International existed. I don't know if you know what Achilles is. No, Achilles is uh, they're a group and they're around everywhere. I mean, there's a kill. There might be an Achilles in Spain. I don't know. I know there's one in Brazil and and all those places like that. But um, basically, they provide you with guides so that you can run. So. I didn't know that until so, yeah. for all these years. I didn't know this so, existed. I, I looked this up. I had a, when I did the my marathon in Funchal, which is where I did marathon mm-hmm. Funchal in Madeira in Portugal in January this year. I had a guide. That was the first time I had a guide. Yeah, he, he was a really good runner. He actually finished second in the same race. Oh wow! The previous year, so I had a good man by my side and. I think, there's an Achilles, I, I think there's an Achilles Portugal, actually. I think, right. yeah, I think there's an Achilles in Portugal. Yeah. They're, they're, they're everywhere. So always worth looking into because that's pretty nice. Like I said, they'll provide you, they provide guides and they, for even just like practice runs and stuff like that. They're very, uh, yeah. it's a great organization to be a part of. I mean, do you have anything like that? Well, who, who, like, who'd you have to contact for a guide when you ran your marathon? So, when I ran Madeira Marathon, I contacted the race organizers, explained they are visually impaired. Do you have any guides? 
and they contacted contacted one of the clubs, local clubs, and a few people sort of put my name down for it to help. So LVO Silver um, ran with me by my side. Oh, okay. And I think there's a few, there's some websites for the UK for guides. But in terms of practicing, I just run on my own. I tend to stick to my that local area. I always stick to the same route. And I just, I have a, like a one kilometer route, mm-hmm. which I go around and around as many times as I want. What about, um, what about a track? Do you have any type of outdoor track in the area? Yeah, we have some tracks in Manchester, yeah. We have a, a few dotted around. But I just tend to just, I don't want to like travel to tracks. I just want to walk outside my house and just run. Gotcha. So I just walk out of my house and just go, go around my local estate, put my um, running app on, put my headphones on, and it tells me like how far I've run, how fast I'm going, my pace. I could never put headphones on outside. I'd be too concerned about getting hit by a car. Yeah. Because if you well, can't hear the car, then I, yeah. Yeah, I, I stay in the road. I, I run on the road. Because uh, I don't run on pavements because there are lampposts and curbs, pavements. No, right, yeah. So I try and stay. In, but um, yeah, my street is quiet, quiet, and okay. I'm always like, always trying to be aware. And I have a, um, I have a yellow jacket that I wear, and it has on the back of it has uh, partially sighted. Mm-hmm. That's good. And it has a, a picture photo of an eye. Do you have one of them, like a yellow jacket? Uh, from Achilles, actually, yeah. I got one. I got one for being an athlete of the year. So I got, like, this bright, yeah, this bright yellow yeah, jacket that says it's, like, a windbreaker type of material. So if I, if I were to go, you know, run or something. And I also have I have running shirts through them that say blind runner on the front and then on the back. They're also bright yellow with black lettering, big black lettering. So what uh, distance do you run? I I've covered everything mostly. I've done five Ks, ten Ks, you know, half marathons, full marathons. So uh currently training right now. We're gonna well, I'll be doing Boston in September. Boston Marathon? Mm-hmm. What's your time for Marathon? Uh it was my qualifying time from last year is my PR currently. It's uh four fifty five. Four hours fifty five. Yeah. And it took a lot of work just to get that. <laughs> I'm more of a sprinter, so mm-hmm. I've been working my way down. I'm more built for uh I've always been built for more short distance speed. But you know Right. So what's your time? Well I've done one. I did it's four hours seventeen, my first one. That's awesome. That's a great time. Yeah, I was I did I've done half marathons. Mm-hmm. I've done out half marathons in like one hour forty. An hour forty five so I was, That's good. I was looking to do my first marathon under four hours, but I was just thinking just get round, just make sure you get round. Oh, 14 minutes, that's a great that's a, that's a good. I was on track halfway into marathon. Mm-hmm. Half mar- I was at, I was on like four hour pace because my guide runner was you know tracking me. But as it as it got past a half half it started to get harder. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think sort of maybe ten miles, ten miles out, started to get, start to struggle, and um, and yeah, I had to do a bit of walking. <laughs> you know, I, ch- I had to chuck up a couple of times. 
Um, it's quite warm because the last part of it is quite, it's in Madeira, so it's quite a warm place. And, and yeah, to stop and get some water and, but carried on, made sure I got through finishing line. No, that's a good and, I, and I managed to raise a thousand pounds for a charity. Look at you. The Northwest Air Ambulance. There you go. Which I was proud about as well. Thank you to all the sponsors if you're listening. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's great, though. Um, what about treadmill, though? Do you uh, spend a lot of time on that treadmill? Treadmill? Uh, no, I'm a massive fan of treadmills. Um, I don't. I stopped going to the gym. Okay. Um, I just sort of... All my life, I was training, just walking outside the house and just running. Um, but since I've been in lockdown, I've been like doing body weight stuff, like push-ups, okay, yeah, squats, lunges, good stuff. Um, good but stuff. treadmill, I got a funny story about a treadmill. What's that? Do you want to hear it? Go for it. Um, so I went to um Las Vegas in my twenties. It's about twelve years ago. You know Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Are you close to there? No, no. Uh, that's like on the other uh, other side of the United States for me. Right. So, yeah. Went to Las Vegas with my family, other fam- brother, two brothers. It was, like a, it was like a working trip. And we stayed in the Wynn, you know, the Wynn Hotel. Okay. Uh, Donald Trump owns it. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. Um, so... And we go down to went me and my brothers went down to the gym one morning and sort of walking around and sort of sort of oh there's some treadmills. Um and just to sort of see in Las Vegas we're having a few drinks. So I might have been slightly hungover as well <laughs> at this time. Um and you know, lacking sleep. Um so so oh, there's a treadmill and I stepped onto it and I didn't realize that the treadmill was moving before I stepped onto it. Oh, it was already started? And it was, it was already going round, yeah. Oh, wow. And so I stepped onto it and I went flying. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I banged my head on, like, on the side, you know, where you, the same way you put your hands. Okay. Uh, so I banged my head on there and... Uh, just yeah, sort of climbed off and <laughs> had a massive bump on my uh, side of my head. Man, and I, I sort of went to the member of staff and told them, you know, uh, just a bang head on the treadmill. Someone left it on. I can't couldn't believe that someone left it going. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, but you can do it. You can sort of. Keep it going and step to the side. Put feet yeah, to the side. right. If you do sprints. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people do sprints. You know, where they jump to the side and yeah, and jump back on. So obviously someone's doing that and, and they just got to turn it off. Oh my god. Um, it's probably tough then, to hear. It probably was tough to hear yeah. that that was on because there was probably other machines that were going. So you mm-hmm. probably didn't realize it was on because you couldn't hear. You know, there's probably other noise going on. Because I would think maybe you'd be able to hear it, like that the treadmill's on, but hmm. there's probably so much noise in there that it all just kind of yeah. blends in. 
my god yeah i think it's a combination of you now my eyesight not being so good and and you having a few uh tired hungover having a few more, <laughs> yeah <laughs> having a few everyone too many else had, everyone gave, gave everyone else a laugh ah there you go yeah everyone was laughing you definitely have to laugh about it let's yeah, try anyway i remember the same morning I, you know justin timberlake he was actually in the it was just outside as well yeah he was, <laughs> he was uh, yeah, apparently, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what... <laughs> so it all happened on that morning. Oh, jeez. So, um, what are some of the questions that you would say that you get often that bother you about your vision? I think someone's mentioned this to you before, but it's how much can you see? Or like, how, yeah, how many fingers am I holding up? Yeah. I don't get that. You don't I, know, get that one? Oh. I don't get that. How much can you actually see? Oh, just, yeah. Are you really uh, blind? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, even when I'm walking through city centers, when I've got my cane, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm walking, I, when I'm walking like quite fast, someone might shout, someone's, people shout to me, you're not blind. Duh. Um, Across across the road, I can't imagine getting yeah, some, that. Like, yeah, people, that, would, that would that would blow my mind. Just because I'm walking fast, they yeah, think I'm sorry. not blind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Or do you, I mean? I'm, I'm, assume, I'm, I'm assuming you use a smartphone also, right? I don't use a smartphone to. No. 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 I've heard you mention that. Like, help. It helps you. Oh, get definitely. Around. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, but when I use it, I think to myself that people might be should be are probably looking at me going, "Oh, how's this guy?" You know, using a smartphone, you know, if he's blind, you know. I use um my smartphone for Google Maps to okay. give me directions, but I don't I don't look up look at the camera to see where I'm going. It's a nifty little trick if you have you know, it, it definitely does help. Especially with nighttime stuff like that. The camera will see better mm. and you can you you almost see you're almost seeing the camera what you're seeing, what probably actual, you know, people with good night vision see. So it's nice. So if I'm ever get stuck in a situation where maybe uh, you know I don't have a flashlight, I mean, or I'm using the one on my phone, sometimes I'll do that too. If I need to see something and it's dark out, I just put the camera, put it where I want to see, and then it tends to brighten up that area, and I can see, I can see better. So it's just I think it's just like I tend to um, good. trust my cane. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I think it's always good too. Yeah, I trust my cane, and yeah, I think when you use my phone, it's a bit distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't like it when when other people when people are walking and using the phone at the same time. Oh no, that's, that's and the yeah. bang and the bang into me. So it's like, no, it's yeah, I'm sort of thinking about that when I look at my phone. I just like yeah, trust Mister Kane. And yeah, any other questions? Um, nothing comes to me but mind. Yeah, people are just curious about how much can you say in. Well, yeah. there's always our, or there's always one. I mean, I don't know if you get it, but you know, sometimes people wave at you or go to give you handshakes, and obviously, you know, we don't see handshake. Them. Oh yeah, and then it's like the handshake oh, is funny. Why one. didn't you? Why didn't you say hi to me? Um, well, I didn't see you. You know, was I looking at you? No. Well, I, 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 I wasn't trying to be rude, but I, I probably, I probably honestly didn't see you. When I tell people about visually impaired tennis, they said. They reply, you, quite a lot of people say, how can you see the ball? Um, so, yeah, some people 
can't comprehend that we actually, we actually uh, adapt things. Or right, well, I mean, it's like we can like I could still I've tried playing tennis uh, a couple years ago with my um, I don't know a close friend of mine because I was curious. I was like, let me see if I can still play tennis, and it was really hard for me to um, track the ball. I could still do it like a couple of times here and there. I was able to get some volleys going, but it was definitely extremely more difficult. But I think if I had the sound, then my eyes will know where to look. So that mm. that definitely helps big time if you have any kind of noise with something. Because it's mm. like people realize like we can if we have some vision, it's just we need, we need to know where to look. So, I mean, if we know where we're looking, it's, you know, we, we can pretty much we could totally get by it's like when you're around your house walking around we know we know we look so good in our own houses because we know where exactly where everything is so our eyes are trained to know exactly where to look you know doorknobs and all that stuff like we know how to get around because we know exact our eyes are trained on where everything in our house is but if you put us in a an environment where it's you know we've never been in oh yeah i mean it's gonna take some time so, but it, 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 yeah. it amazes people. People are like, oh, I mean, you don't look blind at home. I'm like, yeah, I don't look blind at home. <laughs> yeah, you don't look blind. Yeah. Yeah. But when you put yeah. me in a bar, put, go go drop me in a bar that I've never been in, you know, and you'll see real quickly how just how weird I look or how different I look. Cause I'm, I'm, you know, I had to tell my neighbors that when we first moved here, Um, we just got a house in October. And I, when I was talking to my neighbors and I said, listen, I'm visually impaired, so you might see me outside looking, you know, disoriented, but I'm just letting you know I'm not drunk or anything, but I just want you to know, you know, that sometimes I, I'll just go outside and I might just kind of be, you know, lose myself for a sec, you know? And he's like, oh, okay, you know, he understood. But I, I always feel like I need to explain that because I don't want people looking at me outside, you know, seeing your neighbors looking at me outside and being like, oh, why is this guy walking around, like, staring at things or what's, you know? He doesn't look right, you know. Hmm. I'm not gonna walk around my house with a cane like in my yard or anything, you know. Yeah, I, don't I guess it's our perception. Yeah, of so. how, what we think, other people can think. Um, but in terms of like going into unfamiliar places, I've got a lot more. I seem to got a lot more comfortable since I've been using the cane because mm -hmm. I know with like confidence, if I walk in to this place with my cane, uh -huh. everyone will know that I'm visually impaired. Oh yeah, so it's gonna be okay. It. Well, so you get two one. See, I find it's one or two things. The problem with the cane is the cane is great because then it, for the most part, it makes everybody say, "Oh, well, there, that person has a problem." Yeah. But then two, it also goes, "Hey, look, there's the blind guy." So, like in the beginning, for me, I at least for me anyway, I kind of felt a little like when I first started using a cane. At first, I kind of felt like you know, like okay, you know, here I'm the blind guy. Hey guys, look at me. Yeah, you know, but then after a while, like you, yeah. get, you get over that, and you know you're just like, I don't care. Yeah. I feel sorry for people who you think like that. Yeah, you know, who you think like, oh, here's a blind guy. Yep, here's the blind guy. It's like, ugh. yeah, I feel I feel sorry for them who think. Yeah, I, I don't I don't feel bad about like how, what other people. No, we gotta, we gotta do Judge what we gotta me. do. We gotta do what we gotta do. You know, if the, that if the cane keeps you safe, then you know that's it. You know, use a cane. I'd rather use that than this way. I feel better now at the point now where at least like like you know I said like it identifies me as I have a problem. So when people look at me, they automatically could put that together. I don't have to. I don't have to explain myself. 
the cane automatically mm. says, oh, he must have some type of issue with his eyes. And there you go. Like, I don't have to sit there and be like, talk to people and explain to them why this happened or why that happened. It's like, it definitely, uh, I mean, like I said, my first bar experience, uh, which I've talked about before, was was great when I first started using a cane after the whole bad bar experience because, I mean, everyone was super nice to me in the bar, like making sure I, you know, getting me help getting my drinks and, you know, making sure I was okay getting to the bathroom and, you know, they they were asking my friends if, you know, I was doing okay. And so definitely a whole world of difference going to a bar with your cane versus going to a bar without a cane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it yeah it made me a lot more nervous. Um, but I, I used to get really annoyed when people were like, when I didn't use my cane and people like pushing into me. Oh yeah, I got used to, used to get I used to get angry, but then I sort of realised actually it's not their fault because I'm not I, they don't know I'm visually impaired. They don't know I've got RP. They just think you're um, some guy, yeah, some drunk guy. Yeah, but I did go through a phase like. Hi, oh you, you know, I'm I'm blind, you know, don't do that. But it's, but now I'm like, if 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 someone's bad to me and I've got my cane, then yeah, I can be angry about it. But right, if you haven't got your cane, then it's not really their fault because it's it's an invisible condition that we got, you know. So oh yeah, we don't appear we don't appear disabled. Yeah, yeah. So that's the challenge. The biggest. Well, it's easier to see somebody in a wheelchair because instantly you, you see the wheelchair. So you know that, you know, mm. oh, they're paralyzed or something like it, it, it you know, it's a disability mm. you see. Ours is pretty much, you know, we, without the cane, we're, nobody really would know. Yeah. 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 I do, I do encourage people to explore using canes and so I'll tell my story. I think it's worth it. I mean, Especially after my, after especially after my like awful experience, like I definitely, you know, I definitely recommend using a cane, especially if you're, um, at a point where you only have, you know, say just tunnel vision or something like that. Definitely, because we, for, I think we forget we go so long in life, you know, getting used to our condition that we don't sometimes realize what how we look really to other people. So like something normal that's normal to us. Like, I mean, going, like I said, I, all I did was literally have my friend, I grabbed my friend's shoulder and I asked him to bring me to the bathroom and I didn't think that, okay, I'm, I'm near Boston. I'm in a Boston bar outside of a baseball field. So of course they're probably thinking, oh, this guy must be drunk from the baseball game and you know, he, he needs help getting to the bathroom. And that's, I didn't. But that wasn't something I thought about. I just was like, hey, you know, I was just being guided, had my friend guide me to the bathroom. So I think we need mm -hmm. to, we have to realize that just because it's, we're getting by, we're doing all this stuff that we have to be very little more conscious about how we look though to other people. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we look a lot more disoriented than we probably think we do. So, mm -hmm. and people aren't going to know, like you said, people don't, we don't, we're not wearing a shirt that says I'm visually impaired or, there's no, there's no beacon on us. So it's not, mm. I, it's not totally, I wasn't so mad about that situation because what, what happened because of what they, because what they did, I didn't like how they handled the situation. If the situation had been handled differently, it, it would have been fine. And I wouldn't even left. We wouldn't have been kicked out, but 
things escalated really, really quickly, and it just and they admitted that they didn't handle the situation right. So, I mean, I understand why, because obviously, yeah, it looked like I was a drunk guy probably getting guided to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you know? especially inside the bathroom, because in the bathroom, you know, we know the lights are much different. You know, the flesh and lighting and all that, the white and just I, I have a hard time seeing in the bathroom. Um, so I probably even looked worse in the bathroom. But if the situation, but if someone came up to me and said, "Hey, we're getting complaints. Um, you know, are you drunk? Or have you, blah blah blah? Have you been drinking?" Like if someone came up to me and asked me, and gave me a chance to say, "Oh no, sorry, I'm you know, I have RP, I'm visually impaired." Like give me a chance to actually explain my situation, then that wouldn't even have happened. I mean, I was cut off before I even got to our table, so it was just mm. just a matter of just poor management how how the situation was handled so and i think that mm -hmm. obviously isn't like i'm sure everybody's had something like that happen and because some people are not educated a lot of these establishments are educated on you know there are people out there that go to bars who are visually impaired you know you're gonna i'm not the only one you're gonna get other people walking into the bar who may feel like hey i don't have to bring my cane i shouldn't be forced to bring my cane but now that I had that situation happen, I bring it more often. But if I feel comfortable, if I'm out with my friends who are essentially my cane for me, like people I can just grab a shoulder and walk around, and I just don't feel like carrying my cane, I shouldn't have to worry about this happening again because I don't have my cane. You know, pe managers, people like that should be able to step in just to be like, hey, we're noticing something. We just want to double check. Is he okay? And they go, oh, sorry, he's visually impaired. And they go, oh, okay, no big deal. You know, like, and... I think I think that needs to be also brought up. I mean, I think yes, I agree totally. We should definitely be wearing our, using our canes as much as possible. Obviously, it's a great thing, but I think some of us who have RP are we have some good friends, and sometimes you don't want to carry your cane. You know, you want to be just with your bros and or you know whatever your friends and just hang out. And they're good guys or whoever, and they're going to help you guide you around. So maybe there's no need to bring it. Yeah, you know, and you don't think about it. Like that's what I was. I just didn't think about bringing it because I was like, oh well, I'm going to be with three or four other people. I'm comfortable. I'll, you know, someone will be able to get me to the bathroom. Somebody will be able to help me out. I don't really want to bring it, you know. But then that happens, so now it makes me a little more wary. Yeah. But there are local bars that I won't bring my cane to because one, I've been there enough times where they know who I am, they know of my condition, and I can get to the bathroom literally without a cane because I know exactly where to go. So, it, I think it depends on the place, you know. But definitely something to think about. Mm. Hmm. Those people with restaurants out there. We do like to go, you know, we do like to go out, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But visually impaired people can, you know, do that, you know. So I have a question. Yeah. Uh, how about the dreaded wet floor sign? Have you had any interactions with it? Yeah, I love this question. I love this question <laughs> when you ask it when we get. It makes me laugh so much. Who I wins? Yeah, who wins the fight? With it yeah, so my experience with floor sign, when I sort of kick it over, I go, I pretend it's like never happened. Yeah, it's not I sort of like scratch my head and sort of, yeah. oh, yeah. I like um, that so I, I, I pretend it hasn't won, even though I know it has won. <laughs> I sort of like, no, no, it never happened. And I sort of like, and sort of look around to see if anyone's seen me like bang into it. 
Um, well, like, yeah, I've said before, the worst, it's the like worst part you, is... It's like, pardon? We, well, I, I've said before, and the worst part of the whole wet floor sign is it's not the knocking it over. It's trying to look where you mm. knocked it over to pick it back up. Yeah. You're more awkward um, trying to get it and put it back where it was than if you just like kick it over uh, and just go, eh, it didn't happen. And the thing is, Mike, I don't know why it's actually yellow. Because most floors are either white or yellow type color. So I don't know who invented, who thought of the idea to make a floor sign yellow. And it should I, be like orange or something. Something know. a lot more. Because most, most floors, you know, the light colors, you know. I think also it should be off the, I said before, it should be off to the side. Like, it should be farther. It doesn't have to be right in the path. They always put them in the path of where you're walking. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, most people with good vision, with peripheral vision, will have no problem seeing that wet floor sign if it's, like, off to the left or right or whatever. No problem. But for some odd reason, they always put it somewhere. You know you're going to walk right into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's it usually wins, but I pretend it hasn't. Nope, I'm with that. I like that. Yep. Or I meant to do it. You just meant to do it. This is yep. I don't care. I'm gonna keep going. I I did this. Yep. <laughs> mm. That's awesome. So uh if you could get your vision back, what would be one of the first things that you would do? Interesting question this when you I hear it asked. So yeah, I've been everywhere. thinking about like because I knew you'd ask me. <laughs> I like I've been it. thinking about what, what, should, what should I say when you ask me asked me that. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I don't think I'd want me. I don't think it's because I don't really think I'd want my eyesight back. Because I've got pretty good eyesight. Okay, you know I can see things. Yeah, right. Um. And there's not many things that I, I can't do that I want to do. And you never drove. So most, you most, really things, most things are adaptable. Mm, For example, yeah. I didn't think I could play tennis until okay. I found visually impaired tennis version of tennis. Right. So that, that might have been one thing I would have said. You know, you can play cricket, which is in England, but you can, you can even go cycling. You have like tandem cycling. Yep. Um, Right now. So it's <laughs> I, I I struggle to find. Obviously, I can't drive, and I, you know I don't think I'll, I'll be. And I don't think I'd want to drive because I'm quite good on the buses and public transport. Um, you know, do a lot of travelling. You know, I'm in been to Spain and many countries. And uh, I think you interviewed someone who was in Spain a couple of weeks ago. Uh, okay, uh, okay, Oh, you went fuzzy then, Mike, but... Yeah, I'm still here, but you've got a bit fuzzy. Yeah, better now, yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah, in terms of, in terms of not being able, 
doing something if my eyesight back. So national, it doesn't sound like much of a change. Know, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a really tough one because I've been thinking about what, what, what should I say. It's... Well, that was like one of my, um, one of my, another uh, awesome kid I had on one time. He was telling me, uh, he's like, I'm, he's 25 years old. He already traveled the world and he's seen all these hmm. sunsets from different countries. He's like, he's like, to be honest, he's like, I don't think I'd really do anything else differently. And I'm like, you, from what you've told me, I don't blame you for that answer because it it sounds like you're doing you know you're doing amazing things anyway. So and that's the reason why I like the question because it really it's it's something we never really think about. Um, and uh, I get so many different answers. I mean the I mean of course the most common one is driving because that seems to be one thing that always gets taken away, you know, from a lot of us. And um, but you never had the you actually never drove. So I never drove, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, I have bad dreams about driving. Sometimes I have dreams that where I'm driving, I'm having, and I'm banging into things, and I'm lost in the car. Oh wow! In, it's quite vivid dreams, yeah. That's um. Well, that's a good segue actually for my next question, though. So you're when you dream, are you so you are visually impaired, or do you have also dreams where you're sighted? Oh yeah, well I've sighted dreams. Yeah, I dream. Sighted. Okay, so mostly. Okay, so you're always sighted. Okay. I'm, I'm... Well, it's subconscious. It's it's a subconscious. It's not, you know, I can't. It's it's just um, it's just a feeling that something's happening. It's yeah. Because yeah, I've had moments where, like, like I said, even last night I just had one. I had another dream last night where I'm driving, and I'm like, I know I shouldn't be doing this. Like I know, yeah, like I know, I I'm like I I'm not that. supposed yeah. to be in this car. Like I'm, oh, I was like I'm not supposed to be driving right now, and it's not like I feel like my vision's bad in the dream or anything, but it's like I get the anxiety. I can feel like I know that I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah, like it's weird, and I, it's always ever since that started happening the past couple of years, I was in. Like, that's what I wanted to ask that question to people because I wondered, you know, since our vision is so different, you know, depending on what kind of. Uh, what's causing your mutation and things like that. It's kind of like, I wanted to know if some people always have sighted dreams or some people have, you know, since they've been visually impaired pretty much since they can remember, they never have a sighted dream. No sort of dreams that are always visually impaired in their dreams. So the opposite thing happens. So I'm sometimes wondering mm -hmm. as your condition or as our vision gets worse, does, is that, that, is that something that's going to continue to, you know, kind of change and become, more prevalent like as we get along in our vision and it gets worse and worse and worse that's what our dreams are going to be because this is what we're seeing and that's what our brain is taking in so mm. do we some like some I think forget, me, uh, you know that when i spoke to my dad when i speak to my dad about it mm -hmm. um he he has non-sighted dream he has blind dreams yeah see mm. and he used to have sight yeah so sooner or later that means we're, our brain is just going to forget what it was like to be sighted, because you know, it's just going to, you know, as that progression happens to them, more the more time you think, I think you somehow would have to, in a way, I think train our train your brain to remember that. Do you think? Can I ask a question, Mike? What's that? I know it's you. Go ahead. Do you think you're going to go completely blind at some point? Um, if I'm judging by my mom, uh, I would say no. But because she, she's in her, she's in her mid sixties now, and 
I mean, she has like very minuscule, but she's had minuscule for like for years now, and but she still sees, and I know she could still see like my 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 son and things like that, but not she, and that's not great. But I'd say it's like really minuscule, so I wouldn't say I'll probably go completely blind. And plus, I I really like I've said before in my podcast, I really believe firmly that from the time I was on disability at thirty five, I would say ten years from that time, I feel like. I'm going to be driving again. I feel like there's going to be a cure by the time I'm 45. There'll be something at mm. least some, or there'll be something that at least that will stop the progression so that I would not get any worse. So I, I'm confident because there's so many good things that are happening right now and, and technology is advancing so quickly. It's very hard to believe that let's say in the next five years, um, that things won't be different. I think every year things are, I mean, drastically different in technology and, uh, and which is also helping aid science and all that stuff. So I think, yeah, one day you just, you'll be able to go and go to the hospital. And, I think it's an interesting yeah. question that, um, to ask someone. Um, oh yeah. I if, like you, if, if, if I like someone like my dad, who's in his seventies, yeah, so you if, have... if I give you a call, if, if I said, there you go, you can have your sight back. Would you take it? Because when I've said, ask me that best, he says no. He, he doesn't want his eyesight back. No. Yeah. yeah, my mom doesn't care about it now either. Like, she's like, yeah. anytime there's like, if I tell my mom there's some kind of advancement, she just, she's not really worried about herself anymore. Hmm. Like, she's more concerned about me. He's not accepted. Yeah, he's accepted and he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's part of him. He's part of us, part, part of me. Yeah. And I, I, I probably wouldn't take it because. I see this as an opportunity to inspire other people who have had this condition, a quarter of a million people in this world who have got it, mm -hmm. to sort of say, you know, you can do these things. You know, you can you can take tennis, you can go running, you can have jobs, you can go traveling. Um, it's okay. There's no need to be, like, um, concerned. Or, and it's a really good community. I think Definitely. we've got a very good community. The RP community um, and things like these podcasts, and but yeah, it's like a family, I think. Because well, I think it's better. I, play, like, I like the voice. I like hearing a story better sometimes. Like the groups are cool, but it's kind of like you can only really share so much. Yeah, you know? so it's nice to hear a voice with with the person, and you know, and you you know, telling your story. It's cool. Yeah, and yeah, there's someone who can. Because that's the thing. If I had my eyesight, I won't be able to have. Wouldn't have been able to have much, much as an impact as I can now. And I can sort of tell stories of like how, like when we play visually impaired tennis tournaments, how it's like a massive family, like thirty-five people turn up, and we have play against each other. We have quarterfinals and it's over a weekend. And yeah, it's like a proper like tour. And. And yeah, there's so many other sports you can play as well. And, and I sometimes so, wonder about that. Like, if I would be the person I am if I did not have RP, you know, it's tough to be like, I find a lot of people say the same thing that, like, I feel like RP was almost like it is a gift in a way because it pushed you outside gift. of your comfort zone to do things that you would never normally do. So. Um, would you have done this podcast if you didn't have? Yeah, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be interacting with people because I'm honestly not a really social person. That's the funny thing. Like, I don't like phone calls. Like, it gives me anxiety to be on the phone with people. Um, 
just it's I have a lot of anxiety, which I don't know if that's you know obviously anxiety I think comes along with having RP and things like that. Um, but I've been dealing with the RP. Can I ask you a question, Mike? Yeah, go ahead. Like when I when I rung you a couple of days ago and you uh, did you like have anxiety then? I did. Oh. I do. When people call me unexpectedly, I'm like I'm like oh, I don't I want to talk. Like I don't. It's like I have to be very planned yeah. about things and like things have to be like like doing the podcast is fine. Like I don't know why I, I'm okay with this because I'm prepared for it and I know what I'm doing. Like. But like just having somebody call like and and I just I don't know I'm just it's not something I like to do I don't like to be on the phone I don't know I've never been like a big I mean high school I was um, because that's what you did back then when we were younger you know that the phone was really all we had we didn't have cell phones really at that time um, but outside of that I was never been a phone person I'm a big texter you know I'm not you know like uh, I, you know even my neighbors I rarely see I am not very a social person but but I think a lot of that's because of RP because. I'm worried about how they're seeing me and it's tough for me to interact with people if I don't know where I'm looking. And so it just makes me a little apprehensive about, you know, going to your neighbor and saying, Hey neighbor or whatever. So I've always been very to myself. So having RP kind of, yeah, pushes me into this stuff and being a little more um, social and getting myself out there, but um, definitely more like get me on the front of a smartphone, text and do things like that. Like that's my world. Like I prefer that. It's a little easier for me. Like, you feel more confident doing all these episodes? Oh yeah. I think now versus like, I mean, I used to do a lot of live videos on Facebook with fitness. So that kind of helped me get used to being like talking, you know, and things like that. And, uh, but yeah, the more and more I've done these, I feel like, you know, I'm getting, you know, better and more, not, not as awkward or, cause I know that's going to happen. And, um, but it all depends also on your guests. Like you, you know, you you know, you have your own podcast, so it's so I think it helps. You know, you could tell it. You know how to you yeah. know talk and and share. But sometimes, I think the struggle sometimes is having to pull answers out of people because some people are not used to, you know, people RP aren't used to doing that sometimes. So I get people that, you know, this is all new to them. You know, so I have to kind of really work a little harder as a interviewer to kind of get that out of them. You know. Yeah, you might get just one word answers, you know, very short. Yeah, um, and it's great. And so, what, why did you decide to do a podcast then? I don't know. I can't remember. It came up to me. I, I came up with my idea. I don't know because, like I, like I said, I remember always, you know, which part of those, you know, RP groups and everything. And mm. and then uh, my friend has a podcast, and so and I've been thinking about. It. I was like, you know, I was like, maybe I'll do a podcast. And then all of a sudden, I was just thought to myself, you know, I have RP, and you know. I'm, and um, you know, like I said, I like we like inspiring people, but the problem is a lot of people don't know what RP is. So, and a lot of us have, yeah. these, a lot of us have these fun stories or cool stories, but we have no one to share them with because we don't have a lot of RP friends, like in our own community. So it's kind of cool to talk to mm. people through this podcast and be like, oh my god, that's happened to you too. You know, we spent, you know, it's, or it's cool to tell a joke and you get the joke or somebody understands, you know, they they get why it's funny. You know, like, you know, like, if, like nobody else would get why my logo is a wet floor sign. You know, like, yeah, like that's exactly. I, I get it. But you get it. And other people, other people RP get that, you know, they're like, you know, so it's, and it's funny before joining those Facebook groups, I didn't realize that was an RP thing. I thought like, you know, mm. I thought that was just something I battled with, you know, and laughed about, you know, like, like stupid floor signs. And I didn't, and then all of a sudden you see posts, you know, people like, you know, oh, the enemy, the wet floor sign. I'm like. Oh, great. And I was like, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, now, when, yeah, that went close. I, my, my cane's got that now. 
Yeah, you just knock. Can't catch it before I do. So, but no, I think uh, I think think it's great because, like I said, we find out there's so many people with RP that are doing so many different things too. You know, like you know, you're running and doing me doing that kind of stuff. There's people that mm. um do makeup and a lot of stuff. There's uh. There's that one I talked about doing. She's in the, trying to be an Olympic athlete. Uh, there's a lot, you know, <clears throat> we're all doing such drastically different things. So it's nice to share those stories because now somebody out there might have the same interest. And now they can find that person and be like, oh, my God, like, I'm looking to do this. How did you do it? And now, you know, that kind of sets a little bridge for them, you know, to, to interact with we're each other. We're very resilient community. And because I know so many people, I, I know quite a few people have got RP through like social media and LinkedIn. And I know I know a business owner. Um, I know like an Olympic Olympic cyclist. I know someone. I spoke to someone today who's got um, like who's into podcasting and journalism. And I spoke. I know someone who works for the BBC. Mm -hmm. um, who's like a producer. Oh, nice. So all these people have RP and doing great things. So I think it's a sign that we're just resilient because we have to be, you oh, know, yeah. I think things are changing. We've, now. we've fell over a few times. I think we've, we've stepped over curbs and people are getting educated now. I think people are starting to, it's starting, it's starting to become at least a little more of a thing. I would like to live in a world at least to the point where you get, you actually see a commercial for RP or something like we don't have one. You know, there's commercials for people yeah. with cancer. There's people, with, you know, autism. There's, there's, there's all these, all these, all these disabilities. They have commercials. Like you know, you're aware of them. There's no commercial like, hey, it's you know, it's RP month. Yeah. Like no, nobody knows what RP is still. Yeah. Macular degeneration. Like they, they know what who, like macular degeneration. They know what macular degeneration is. I think you might start a an RP podcast revelation because I, I'm thinking of starting one as well. I've already got one, but it's not like RP related. Right. So I think I started like an RP like information group. Okay. And for people to share share stories and get information on where to find things. And like a resource. Yes. Yeah, it's not RP is not a rare people say it's a rare condition, but quite a million people have it in the whole world. And it's not yeah. That's not rare. It's not rare it's to not me. It's not rare. Yeah, it's not rare, but it's like, it's just not, it's not common in terms of, in terms of like mm. what, you know, the normal people know. Like, I mean, everybody knows what cancer is. You know, everybody mm. knows what diabetes is. Everybody knows all these certain things are, but RP tends to not really get that, you know, exposure. Yeah, it's quite a new, in relative terms, it's quite a new condition. Like to us, yeah. like, we're like, yeah, like, I mean, we, we, we know, like, just, and we and we see that like having joined these groups, there there's tons of people out there that have it, and there, and uh, and you know what? I didn't know until joining these groups that there was different forms. Like I know, I, I mean, yeah. I I thought there was just really two different forms. Uh, you know, the uh, basically the form I have and uh, atypical RP, which is the reverse. You know, uh, you lose your uh, central, but you keep your peripheral. I that's pretty much what I thought. I didn't realize the progression was different based on whatever caused you know your mutation you know all that stuff it's like i don't know that <laughs> mm. oh there's people that have oh. rp and then they have other things that are rp related that they got with it you know ushers and all that mm. different things like that 
yeah. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no limits, you know, you can still do everything, you know. Oh, no, we're still, yeah. Get it done. It doesn't mean, because you've got RP, it doesn't mean you can't go travel in the world. If you want to go travel in the world, just go and do it. I, 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 I mean, I almost feel bad for not working right now. I mean, I, mean, I talk to so many people, like, it's, it's, I find it more amazing when I hear people that are kind of have the vision I have, but they're still out in the workforce. You know, they're not on disability. It's kind of, that blows my mind. I, I, yeah. I couldn't imagine going to a job interview right now. Like, it would just make me feel so self-conscious to be like, you know, oh yeah, hey, you know, visually impaired, but uh, I'm applying for this job. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, it's it's still... I think you just need to see, like, see, like, someone someone else doing what you want to do. Yeah. Who has, who's got the same condition. And yeah, that, that helps. You start to think, oh, what? You can do it. Maybe, I can do maybe it. I can do it. Yeah, we're podcasting. Yeah, all this. I so think that's what's other... might, You might inspire someone, you know, who's what maybe wants to do a podcast with Garp and being sure, like you might feel that is. Well, that's what's nice about this too is like Yo, sharing that information. Do it then. Yeah. It's okay. Exactly. That's like that's why I wanted. To, I think that's the only reason why I want to start the podcast to be like, there's probably somebody out there because that doesn't know. That, one Achilles exists, or they don't know that you know these, these other tips that you can do to help you kind of get around. Or maybe there's somebody sitting on the couch that's like just depressed about it, and they think life is over. And then they listen to this and they say, "Well, geez, these people are like, you know, going traveling the world and doing this. And what what, what kind of excuse do I have? Like, I gotta get up. I gotta do something. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully this you know continues to grow, and hopefully more people. And I, I think you're with you're with Anchor as well. I'm with Anchor, and you're with Anchor. Yeah, so, I find it really easy to use. And it makes so. it so easy. Yeah, I definitely highly recommend Anchor for especially people like you know with RP and stuff like that. I think it's really pretty easy to use. Yeah, user it's user friendly. And you, you do promote you promote them. Do, do you get like money off them when you promote them at the start of the episode? Or yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I did the little oh. commercial or whatever. I did a little yeah. Get a little advertisement or whatever. So do you get? No, it's not a lot. I think it's a penny every listen or something like that, or something right. like that. I think it's like a penny for every. And listen. how do you do? You have to contact Anchor and tell them. Uh, or is it automatic? No, right now I'm up to like ten bucks. It just stays there. It just tells you. Right. Yeah, it tells you like what the. Oh, it's just it's an automatic. It's like there's like a tab I click on. Do you have to money like, mention it... them in the in the episode to get? Oh, uh, you would record this. Well, you record the the sponsor recording, and then you would add that yeah. to your when you upload your podcast. You just put that file in first, like mine. Every time mine has that one in the beginning about uh right. Franker. So yeah, I think it's like like right. I said, I think you get a penny for every time. Uh, listen or something like that but i i, I my, my goal my goal was always to like at some point actually like other no go out to dinner but like with my podcast money like i should be like hey you know my podcast paid for this it'd be kind of cool yeah because i haven't earned money like it's been like you know like you know i haven't had a job you know since you know 2015 so it's like it'd be kind of cool to earn my you know my own you know money again and yeah yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about we'll have to keep in touch and yeah, see if we can collaborate and uh, you know spread this message, you Definitely. know, send our inspiration and I'm down to be on your podcast, so we can yeah, that'd be cool. 
yeah, we'll get you on. That's where we can kind of, you know, share, keep share, it growing. Share good practice, share what's working and share our feedback. That's what it's all about. Definitely. Oh, and before before we close out, I mean, I mean, yeah, tell everybody about your podcast and where you were, you know, where they so, can find it. Yeah, at that moment, it's called The Game Changing Podcast. It's on, like, Instagram, the, the Game Changing at The Game Changing Podcast. And, yeah, I'm on Spotify, Apple, um, all the usual platforms. I'm on, you know, Anchor, The Game Changing Podcast. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Ashley Simcock. I'm on The Game Changing Podcast is on Facebook as well. I'm on LinkedIn, Ashley Simcock. So yeah, just drop me a message and awesome. we can take it from there. Yeah, that's what I got to do next. Um, that's what I have to do next. You might, you might hear Mike on there one day. Yes, I'll be there. <laughs> Definitely. It's, it's good. It, this has been really good for me to come on someone else's podcast to know what it feels like. I like so, it. That's why I like this is cool. Plus, like I said, I thought Michael. I'm like, well, he has a podcast. So that's good, and we'll, you know, I'll be on his, and we'll kind of, it'll help, kind of, hopefully, you know, yeah. grow this, spread more, you know, spread yeah, more goodness yeah. around. Yeah. But I want to thank you so much for being on today and taking the time out. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for inviting me, and yeah, goodbye to all your listeners. Speak soon. Definitely. Have a good one, man. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week for another episode of Living Free with RP.